So if anything is out of line, every morning God puts everything back in line and he puts it back in order and he orders the planet every single day. Because if he were to judge the world according to its wickedness, the planet would already be consumed. Pastor Neb, what are you talking about? Well, let me move it out of our context and let's move it into New York's context. New York has just ruled that you can take a full term baby, keep it alive for a week, and then kill it. And you can sell the body parts, and it's legal. In other words, it's beyond abortion, it's full term. It's called murder. Oh my. Some of you got real quiet in here right now. It has nothing to do with you. But you see what happens is we look at what they're doing and say, well, maybe we should do it. We look at their world governance and say, maybe we should do it. But I would rather go to the judge of all the earth who does right because he brings new justice every morning. And where there is injustice, he balances the books. And I don't have to take justice into my own hands. I don't have to take anything into my own hands. All I have to do is walk in the love of God and know that perfect love casts out all fear that I I am born of God, that I am born of a loving Heavenly Father, and if I remain on the love walk because faith works by love, then His justice never fails. And it says, but the unjust knows no shame. The unjust, the wicked, continue to be wicked, and they're not embarrassed of being wicked. They're not ashamed of being wicked. But again, you come to the judge of all the earth and he says, you shall forget the shame of your youth. Here's Abraham. Here's Sarah. She's ashamed because she doesn't have a child. Because the rite of passage was you needed to have a child and the child needed to be male. Therefore, a barren woman was considered to be under a curse. Now, Abraham and Sarah are way past childbirth. And then God says to them, I want you to go on a journey. I'm not going to tell you the exact location of your destination, and I'm not going to exactly give you the road map. But if you go back to Hebrews 11 verse 8, it says, But Abraham believed God. My question is, do you believe God more than the report of the enemy? Do you believe God more than the injustice of the world? Do you believe God more than what granny said or grandpa said? Do you believe God? Abraham obeyed. He said, God, if you said it, I'm going to do it. And he said, there is an inheritance waiting in my destiny. It's not waiting where I am. If you remain in your current location, there's no inheritance there. Oh my. <laughs> you see, at some point in time, there was a house on the back of this property. I have no idea who it belonged to. It was bashed down years ago. There was even a palm tree on the back of this property. It was moved. No one knows who it belonged to. It was just a ghost house. Nobody claimed the inheritance. So we, the church, claimed the inheritance. 
because there was no title to the land and nobody knew who belonged on the land and nobody could find out who lived on the land and apparently no one ever existed on the land but we could find the foundation of an old house but we couldn't find the old person because they weren't there their grave wasn't there there wasn't a tombstone there that means there wasn't an inheritance there you need to move to where your inheritance is and not keep living where there is no inheritance If you keep living, if Abraham remained in the Ur of the Chaldees, he wouldn't have received land. He wouldn't have received an inheritance. You have to move forward because if you look backward, there is nothing behind you in your past. See, we had a military day, so the jets flew, and they flew. That was yesterday. And they landed somewhere, and they burnt a lot of fuel. And they shot some sparklers in the air, and who cares? Come on, you say, Pastor Neb, that's pretty cruel. No, it was quite nice just watching them go over the top. Didn't know where they went. Then they left. Then they went home. And I'm very happy for the pilots that they landed safely. I don't know any of them by name. Maybe you do. Please congratulate them. They're very nice. I, I, I'm not even quite sure of the name of the planes. I think some were Beechcraft and some were made by Sweden. I have no idea what's inside the plane. It was very pretty to watch. That was yesterday. If you're not a pilot and you're aspiring to be one of the jet pilots, then you have to move from where you are in Ottery to where the base is out near Saldana Bay so that you can be trained and receive your inheritance. But if you remain in Ottery, you're never going to get your inheritance. You're going to have to move to where your inheritance is to receive your inheritance. And you have to judge God as faithful because if you live remaining with an Ottery mindset of injustice, you will never receive the justice you truly deserve. Oh, hallelujah. You better hear me today. Because surely the justice of God can give you property in the center of Cape Town. Surely the justice of God can give you property in Stellenbosch. Surely the justice of God can give you property in Paul. Surely the oh, you're not hearing me today. Surely the justice of God can take whatever is lost and give you something that is better. <laughs> Let me put it to you another way. I have an old gramophone at home, old, with the steel horn, and you wind it up, and you put the record on it, and you put a needle in it. It's so old, some of you have never seen it. Pastor Nev, why do you have it? Just because it's old, and it says Master's Voice, and it didn't exist anywhere else, but I never crank it up. And I never listened to the two little discs that can play on it. I just bought it as a piece of furniture. Because I have an iPhone. I'm not going to crank it up, put the needle on and go... Whatever it's playing, I have no idea. I just bought it because it said Master's Voice. And I wanted Wendy to have a piece of furniture in the house with a big horn that said Master's Voice. <laughs> Psalm 89 verse 14 Psalm 89 verse 14 Psalm 89 verse 14 
righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Mercy and goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will abide in his house forever. Notice, I love the way the scriptures, God always puts the scripture together. Righteous, the relationship. Justice is stuck in the middle as a foundation that cannot be moved. It's the foundation of his throne. God will not allow injustice to come against any of his people. He will take care of you. You don't have to fight in this battle. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord your God. Put yourself in your prayer closet. Keep yourself on the love walk. Operate in the faith that God has given to you. Notice we go back, it says mercy and truth go before your face. Wherever you find mercy, you find truth. Wherever you find truth, you find mercy. A truthful person is a merciful person, and a merciful person is a truthful person. A liar is a cruel person. It's exactly the opposite. I don't want to go there, but it's exactly the opposite. Let's go back. So it says, here Abraham is and verse 9 as we pick it up in verse 9 and we're looking just very briefly at his journey and we're looking at justice going back to Hebrews chapter 11 back to Hebrews uh, chapter 11 which we've been walking through from verse 8 verse 9 it says he, he lived in the land of promise as a foreigner he journeys finds an inheritance but he's a foreigner you know what it's like to be a foreigner? You land up in Italy, everybody speaks Italian, and they just, and, and, and you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. They understand, you don't understand. That's what it's like to be a foreigner. The Bible says, in this earth, we appear to the world to be foreigners. But we're actually not foreigners because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. So this planet belongs to my daddy. You've got it wrong who's foreign and who's local. I'm a local because the earth belongs to my dad and the fullness thereof. And my dad has the renovation plans and my dad has the blueprints and my dad knows where the silver and gold is and my dad knows the best investments and my dad can protect me better than anybody else and my dad knows the truth where no one else knows the truth and he protects me with mercy and with truth. So he's in a foreign country and he's living in a tent. Now, I don't know if in the Ur of Chaldees he had a house, but it's interesting that the Bible says he was in a tent. And the Bible says we're currently living in this body, and it's a tent. It contains the glory of God. But notice he said he dwelt in tents with Jacob, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the promise. What he's wanting you to understand is that the inheritance that God has given you through his justice is not just for you. 
but for your children's children to a thousand generations. Therefore, our plans for our future need to include not just your 70 years. You need a plan like you're planning for a thousand years. You need to be able to say to your children, we can do this and we can do this and we can do this. And they can say, Granny, Grandpa, you're dreaming. And you say, it's not a dream. There is a God of justice and of truth. And I'm not writing just a five-year plan or a 10-year plan. I'm writing a 50-year plan, a 100-year plan. I'm going to get my kids to help me write a 1,000-year plan. And you'll say, it's dreaming. Abraham, it's going to be 4,000 years until Jesus comes. (laughs) That's really some planning. And what does he impart to his kids? Obey God, walk by faith, trust God, inherit what doesn't belong to you, live in it as though it belongs to you, forget about the foreign nation around you, because Abraham, every time he hits the foreigners, he sells his wife off. That's why I have his master's voice. So every time he... (laughs) And every time he sells his wife off, God visits the enemy king and says, if you touch her, I'll kill you. Now give her back and give him money and bless him. In other words, God will put you in foreign territory and use the wealth of the sinner to be laid up for the just and bless you through people you would never imagine you could be blessed through because he's a God of justice. And when you arrive in that neighborhood, he says, hey, we need to distribute. We need to bless. We need to take care of. Notice, let's carry on through the next few verses real quickly. Notice it goes on, I'll say this in verse 10. For he waited. (laughs) He doesn't just look for a land. Some of you just want a plot of land. He waited for a city. People say, Pastor Nev, what does your name mean? My name Neville means the builder of three cities. That's what my name means. I haven't built complete cities yet. You'll say, what does that mean? It means houses, warehouses, factories, roads, the builder of cities. Cities means there are people in those cities. And so you need to recognize that he looks not just for the land, not just for an inheritance, but he looks not just to an earthly city. He says there is a city whose builder and maker is God, and God has already laid a foundation through the faith of your fathers, your father's fathers, your parents and your grandparents. And it says the builder and the maker is God. When God builds, he builds like that. When we build, it's line on line, precept on precept. When God does things, everything can change in one day. Everything can change in one day. If you don't hear anything else, hear this this morning. Everything can change in one day. In one day. I'll give you an example. I'm tired. I decide to go and rest on the beach. 
take my children on holiday. And I said to Wendy, I don't like to be out of church on Sunday. So I said to the taxi driver, where do you go to church? Because I heard some Christian music. Oh, he said, I go to a great church. So I said to him, I tell you what, pick me up. I think it was 10, 30, 11, Sunday morning. I'm coming to church. I said, but I'm only going to be there an hour because I promised my children I'll spend the day swimming with them on the beach and I want to keep my word. He picks me up. I walk into the church, strange church. I'm a stranger. The man walks me from the back, sits me on the front row. The preacher's standing up in the front and he looks down at me and he says, I believe there's a man of God who came here today who has a word of the Lord for me. I'm like, no, I just wanted to hear some good African-American gospel music and go home and go swimming. So I stand up to respond, and as I stand up, God gives me a prophetic word for that man. We strike up a friendship, and over the last 14 years, I've preached conferences for him for at least seven times, and he has pastors all over. But I walked into his church, in my opinion, by chance. He thought I was there by chance. God, who is the judge of all the earth, puts me there to sort some things out in the church. I leave. I leave. Because I give a word, then I walk around, call a few people up, say that, that, that's going on in your life, and I leave. I don't know if I'm right or I'm wrong. I fly back home. I'm more than 8,000 kilometers away. I'm with another friend who said, come visit me. I go visit him, and the cell phone rings. It's one year later. It's this preacher. He said, you remember me? And I'm going, oh, I hope I was right. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? You see, God has an inheritance. He put me in the right place at the right time. That's when I hear the testimony. The Lord sent you in to bring me a word. I looked for you, but you'd left the beach with your family and gone back home, and I couldn't find you until I found the taxi driver who picked you up at the airport, who brought you to church, who connected us together. Let me tell you, God, who is the judge of all the earth, plans things perfectly.